Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! Welcome to the Lux Calore International Sports on a Sunday morning oh, yeah. on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman. My extended conversation with SLU basketball coach Travis Ford on my Garage Happy Hour on Thursday, every Thursday at 5.30. We do a live show on Facebook and Twitter on the KMOX Sports account. And Coach Ford, his team is picked by most to win the Atlantic 10 this year. They have a lot of players coming back. So I, to- I-, I fully understand the expectations. I-, I get that. Whereas you look back two years ago, we were picked to win the league. I had no understanding. You know, we only returned like two starters. I didn't quite understand. You know, it- we hadn't done anything to prove or to earn those type rankings. I think this team has. There's a lot being said about this team over the last three to four weeks uh, nationally, getting a lot of recognition. And I understand it. We just have to keep it all in perspective. We have to keep uh, the team in perspective. We want the fans to get excited. We want everybody to get excited. Everybody get their tickets, season tickets, get all that. But as our team, we got to stay very humble. We got to stay very humble and go out and earn the right to, for people to say good things about us. But no question, there's no hiding. We, we have a good basketball team. We've got some great returning players. And the thing I really like, it's a good mix. We've got some older guys. We have a lot of younger guys that will even be retaining, returning from years to come. So uh, I, I really like the, the layout of our team right now. What did you think coming into St. Louis when you first took the job and to where you are now? You've made some really good progress, and I know that you have to feel good about not only your recruitment, but your brand. And, and, right. and this was something that, I mean, the brand was pushed. I mean, Rick Majerus is one of the, right. he was one of the giants of the game and, and certainly helped that along. Um, Jim mm. Cruz, a wonderful gentleman, uh, helped take over when uh, coach passed away. And then, and then you took the, the baton and, and right. have really taken this uh, program uh, to that level. Yeah. You know, when I took over, um, and one of the reasons I was excited about becoming the head coach here are all the things you just mentioned. You know, I knew 
of the things that Coach Majerus had uh, accomplished and, you know, Coach Cruz and you go down the line from Coach Spoonauer and, and all the great coaches that have been here. And I knew of Larry Hughes and I knew of the great tradition of St. Louis University basketball, but also knew where they had been the last couple of years at the very bottom of a 14 team league, which is a lot of teams you've got to pass. Uh, so I knew kind of what I was inheriting. The things that have probably surprised me the most, I knew the love of, uh, of St. Louis basketball. I knew that. What have probably surprised me or what I've enjoyed immensely is high school basketball here in the city is incredible. Coaching in the city is great. Great AAU programs, great talent in the city. You know, I love going recruiting in the city because when you go to high school games, which is different than a lot of places, it's still packed every night. Great rivalries. People love it. And we've worked on the brand. We've we've worked on getting the city around this team. We've worked on trying to make this the city of St. Louis's basketball team. We have a great baseball team. We've got great hockey. Uh, we're going to have great soccer. But we want to be the city of St. Louis's basketball team. And you know, we, we, we started a brand of Team Blue. We kind of, we, we relate ourselves to Team Blue and that's uh, what we call ourselves and uh, it's really caught on within the city. Uh, but it's really important to me. It's really important to me that we recruit the best players in the city, try to keep the best players at home. And we want this to not just be St. Louis University's team, we want this to be the city of St. Louis's basketball team. You feel like this is your home? I mean, you, you, you've settled in pretty well. I, unbelievably, I, I tell you, I, I've, I've moved around, you know, as a coach, uh, you know, I've uh, been in Kentucky, I've been to UMass, I've been in Oklahoma, I've been in Campbellsville where I got my start, and uh, I love it here. My family loves it here. Uh, this is definitely home. We talk about it a lot. This is where we, my kids are starting to move away and go to college. I just sent off my middle child to my daughter, just sent her to college, uh, uh She's a freshman, and now it's just uh, one child in the home. But as we talk about my wife and I, this is where we want them to always come back and consider home. Uh, we love it here. People have treated us unbelievable. I love everything that St. Louis has to offer. And probably most importantly, I love who I work with. And, Tom, I, you know, for somebody who's been around and I've experienced a lot of administration, I've spent a lot of presidents, I've done a lot. I really enjoy working for Fred Pastello and our university and the Board of Regents. I love working for Chris May, an athletic director who really uh, makes this a family athletic department, who's our leader. Uh, those things make work coming, coming to work fun every day. And I think I've got the best coaching staff in America. I do. I enjoy being around my staff. Uh, we have so much. We spend a lot of time together away from the court. Uh, so, yeah, my everyday life. Uh, I love it. I absolutely enjoy being a part of St. Louis. You were a really good player. Now, you know, I grew up a Mizzou fan. I told you that. And I, oh. I went to Indiana, and you know that once you go to IU, you, you never lose that Mizzou blood. Right. But that, like, took my basketball education to another level, and, and I'm an IU fan for life and an IU alum for life. Uh, but I grew up a Mizzou fan, and, and when you left Mizzou to go to Kentucky, I was like, man, that's – that's tough, but understandable. Like it was your yeah. home state. Uh, just yeah, a couple recollections, if you would, playing for the University of Missouri right here in the state and then making your way to Kentucky, which is, you know, a dream program for anybody yeah. who grew up in Kentucky. 
Yeah, you know, I've, I've said it from the day when I did leave Missouri. It was tough, probably one of the toughest things I've ever, ever had to do or wanted to do. And, um, you know, I had nothing but great, great memories. Loved every second there. Loved playing for Norm Stewart. Um, there was just reasons why I left. It wasn't because I was unhappy. It wasn't because I didn't like it. Uh, you know, at that time, the school was going, the basketball program was going through a few things. Uh, but I developed incredible relationships with Doug Smith, Anthony Peeler, some guys I, were, I was really, really close with and still talk to today. Talked to Doug Smith not too long ago and uh, a lot of these guys. But loved my time in Columbia. Absolutely loved it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've never had a negative thing to say whatsoever. Just really enjoyed playing, like I said, for Coach Stewart. But the opportunity to, I guess, go home and to play for Rick Pitino, I knew I wanted to be a coach at some point, someday. And I was always a fan of Billy Donovan. I always watched Billy Donovan growing up and uh, and him playing for Coach Pitino and, and always wanted to learn from Coach Pitino and, and play in that system. And I saw the opportunity to do that. Uh, and, you know, and, and it worked out. It worked out. We went on and played in a Final Four and, uh, you know, was ranked in the – top five pretty much every year, won four, three SEC championships while I was at Kentucky. And so developed, you know, created a lot of memories there. Uh, no different than I did at Missouri. I, I loved my year there. You went to the final four in 93 and you were the Southeast region, most outstanding player. Uh, and that had to have been an incredible honor for you. And you, boy, you played your heart out. I mean, it was just a, it was a great, great effort and a great, great team. Yeah. You know, on that run to the final four, it's interesting I think it might still hold today. We had the largest margin of victory. We into going into the final four, we'd won every game by an average of 22 points. We were really hot going into the final four. And at the time we played in what was the largest, uh, pop, largest fans in, we were in the Superdome in the world, 64,000 fans in the Superdome at the time. It was the, the largest, uh, attendance of any final four. Now they all go to domes and they're huge. But it was a great final four. It was us, Michigan and the Fab Five, who we played, Kansas and North Carolina, uh, and just an incredible final four in New Orleans. Yeah, those are some heavyweights. I was actually uh, getting ready to be a freshman uh, at Indiana, and that Indiana team was really good. That was Calvert Cheney, Allen Henderson got hurt. And, you know, they they ended up losing here in St. Louis, actually, in the Elite Eight to Kansas, who went on to that final four. That was a very, very talented Final Four, and I'm sure an amazing experience. What was it like playing, I mean, in front of a fan base like that? I mean, I of course, when you look at the great fan bases in the country, it's hard to pick one over the other, but that's probably the biggest. I mean, it is a massive, rabid fan base. Right. Yeah, I, I would – I think the only thing that probably could compare to it, you know, is probably Alabama football. Maybe uh, yeah. it is. It's 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 hard to explain. Uh, it really is. Uh, first of all, the pressure it takes and to play at Kentucky, uh, the fans is they love it. They live and die with it. Uh, it's the most important thing going on in their lives when the season's going on. Uh, they're getting twenty four thousand a game in Rupp Arena. Uh, but the love for basketball uh, and Kentucky basketball is is not matched by much. Uh, but it was an incredible experience uh, playing for Rick Pitino. Uh, obviously, created a lot of memories, uh, teammates that uh, obviously I'm still very close with. Different things like that. 
but uh, to be a part of that rich tradition and history uh, is something uh, I'm proud of and something that's very, very special. They're really great people. I get to meet a lot of them because a lot of them are Cardinals fans, you know, oh. and and I actually I've compared Cardinal baseball fans to like a college fan base in a yeah. lot of ways, a like Kentucky or an Alabama right. where they just, you know, the, the right. generations when it, it's handed down, it's what you do when you sit around in Kentucky yeah. on Christmas day, you open some presents, you greet your family and you're like, <laughs> all right, so what do you think about this team? I mean, can we yeah. do it or not? That, it, that's the truth. That is not, that's, uh, it's funny, but that is the honest truth. That is, yeah. uh, you know, you grow up and can tell you in basketball, you grow up with a basketball in your hand, it seems like, and no different. I grew up, my dad was a high school coach and uh, I grew up around the game, but being in the state of Kentucky, uh, you know, basketball rules that and horse racing a little bit, you can throw that in there a little bit, the Kentucky Derby and things like that. But uh, basketball is king. There's no doubt about it. And everybody loves the Wildcats. There's a few that love the Cardinals, but uh, uh, the Louisville Cardinals. But you're right about baseball. You're either in Kentucky, you're either a Cardinals fan or you're a Reds fan. It's one or the other. You know, you're one or the other. Uh, but I grew up in an area that, that was big, big Cardinals fan. You know, I grew up in the western part of Kentucky in Madisonville, uh, and most everybody there are Cardinals fans. You know, what's interesting is you came full circle. In terms of college, you ended up a Mizzou dad. That's yeah, no, pretty cool. No, no question. I'm excited uh, for Brooks, my son. He's uh, he's been a player for Conzo for Coach Martin uh, on the basketball team. He's loved every second of it. Uh, he's again created a, a lot of great relationships through it. He loves Mizzou, uh, and I was excited for him because I knew how much fun I had there. I knew what a great place Columbia was, so uh, I was a hundred percent supportive of it and excited he was going to go there. Excited he's close to home too. That doesn't hurt. Uh, but he loves uh, being at Mizzou. That is SLU basketball coach Travis Ford. More from the coach when we come back after the break than John Mosellock at 11.30, Curtis Francois at 1145. It's sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. From KMOX Sports, here's the pitch. Welcome back to the Lux Calore International Sports on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. Final moments with SLU coach Travis Ford. Great to catch up with him on the Garage Happy Hour on the KMOX Sports Facebook page. I asked him what drives him to be a coach and to join this profession for as long as he has. Well, you better be in it for the kids. First and foremost, you better love being around these young men uh, and being around kids, first of all. Being around 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old young men and enjoy what goes along with that. It's not always easy, that's for sure. Uh, but you better enjoy being around them. And, and the most rewarding part is seeing them grow. The most rewarding part is seeing freshmen come in who have no idea what this is about and see them grow mentally, physically, academically, basketball-wise, you name it. When I recruit a player, I recruit – and I tell every parent this, and I tell every player – I said, my job for your son, my job is to prepare them to leave St. Louis University. That's my job. When they come on campus, my job is to prepare them to leave. And, yes, along the way, I need to win some basketball games. Mm-hmm. But my ultimate job is prepare them with an incredible education, make sure they get a great education, make sure they're prepared to go into the real world as fathers, as husbands, and for, let them see all of my coaching staff, you know, all of us that are married, let them see – uh, the interaction we have with our wives, let them see the interaction we have with our children and teach these young men 
to to go out in the real world. As I tell my players every day, this is not the real world. You know, you're right. you're getting you're getting free Nikes, you're getting gear, you're getting free meals, you're getting a free place to live, you're getting to play basketball. This life is good here. Life is really good. So you know, when a lot of these hit the real world, they're not ready. It's it's a it's a slap in the face. So our job is prepared from the time they step on campus is prepare them to go into the real world and all aspects of it for business, for their job, for their livelihood. Like I said, to be dads, to be husbands. Uh, And we take that very, very seriously, very seriously. And yes, I understand we need to win games along the way. uh, And that's important. But what's most important is these guys that when they hit the real world, world, they have discipline. They understand the level of commitment it takes what hard work means and going out and earning something yeah that this is uh this is absolutely true it really does teach you about life mm-hmm. being a teammate and, and and playing sports there are a lot of life lessons involved mm-hmm. there uh, a couple of things before we let you go I, I saw a couple of uh questions pop up from some of the viewers one was the young players what's impressed you so far about some of them that are that are getting going collins and hargrove yeah you know uh yuri collins is just the ultimate leader Yuri is our, our point guard, no question about it. Uh, I'll go to battle with him any day of the week, uh, but he is my point guard. And uh, he has uh, improved as the year went along last year, just getting better and better and better every single game. Uh, I, can, I expect him to continue to improve off last year. He's probably shooting the ball. He just I just came out of a workout, shot the ball really well. Different guys are playing well, but he's a leader for us, no question. Uh, and he's, he's, a, he's the kind of the – the, the heart of our point guard position. Uh, same thing, TJ Hargrove, sky's the limit for him. Just playing great right now. Uh, oh, he, as the season went on, no different. Had early, struggled a little bit early, but then once he figured it out, he became a major part of our success those last 10 to 12 games of the year last year. Uh, he's doing great. Jimmy Bell, some younger guys. Jimmy Bell's lost weight, looks terrific. Gibson Jimerson's healthy. Uh, so yeah, we, we like our young players. We really like our young guys. Uh, they're going to play a role on this team. Uh, but you got some really good seniors in Jordan Goodwin, Asan French and Javante Perkins. Those are some pretty special seniors. No question. I know you have a lot of your fans that are watching this and wanted to get a little update. So I know they appreciate that very much. And I appreciate you joining me very much. Thank you for doing this. It's great to have you on the garage happy hour. Uh, this is my garage. One of these days, maybe you'll come over here and we'll have a, we'll pop a cold one in here. All right, count on it. But it's my pleasure, my honor to be on tonight. I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Good luck to you. We'll stay in touch, and, and let's hope to get this thing going. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Travis Ford, the head coach of the Billikens, after that conversation, I shot hoops in my driveway for like an hour. I just love talking hoops to that guy. Sluco, their team is good. That Billikens are going to be really good. Let's hope that they can play in front of fans and we can get this thing going. The Cardinals play today at 115. President of Baseball Operations John Mosellock is next. I'm Tom Ackerman. It's sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. From KMOX Sports, here's the pitch. Welcome back to the Lux Calore International Sports on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 11.32, we're back on the show. Sports on a Sunday morning. Joining us at this time every week is Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock. We always appreciate it. We never take it for granted, and we never take for granted baseball. I'll tell you what, seeing and hearing the Cardinals at Bush Stadium is very special. And, John, I I like just that we're talking some baseball again and not having to talk about protocols and COVID and quarantine and positive tests. 
Although all of those things are very important and we're keeping an eye on them. Nice to talk some ball, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, you think about where we were a week ago to where we are today. It's just refreshing to know that we've been able to play baseball. But you know, I think what everybody's realizing is this is a complicated schedule and it's going to be very demanding. And so even though we can maybe put the, the quarantines and the positive tests behind us, it's still something that we can't take our eye off of. And, and just even watching the games, I think people have to realize that we have to be very protective of our pitchers. And, you know, sometimes we're not using the right people in terms of who the fans think we should use, but we're using the people that are available and we're using the people that have the ability to take a pitch count. And so I think, you know, a lot of the feedback I've gotten this past week was like, why are you not doing this or why are you doing that? And I just want people to understand it's not that we're not trying to win, but we want to win, but we also want to make sure that we don't put anybody in jeopardy. So there's a fine line there. I think that's well said. Uh, John Mosellock is with us. Mike Schilt was with us last hour and gave a very long answer and explanation about, for instance, Dakota Hudson. You know, he throws, he, they really didn't want to go past 75 pitches. And, you know, he said basically to sum up, he said, I want to save Dakota for next week and for September 20th and October 10th and February. Right. I mean, there's, there's a plan. Yeah, and I think what people don't understand is, is like literally like we couldn't do anything for two weeks. And so yes, they're professional athletes. Yes. They are from a physical standpoint and in great shape and, and, you know, finely tuned, but when you really can't do anything for a couple of weeks, you still got to be careful when you say, okay, now we want you to go run a hundred miles an hour. And that's the thing that we're just trying to work together with. So from our medical staff, our performance staff, our coaching staff, our manager in the front office, we're just trying to navigate this in a safe manner. And as you can imagine this week, now we're going to be dealing with this group of players that, that actually, tested positive for COVID and their return to play strategy. And it's going to be different for all of them, but, you know, we're trying to get a feel for how to best integrate them back into our own needs, but also make sure they're in a situation where they're in a safe environment. Right. I've always been careful to, and you can talk baseball all day long and look at it a million different ways, but I've always been careful to be critical about things that I don't know. You know, only the people inside that clubhouse and the Cardinals front office really know what is going on. Even those of us who have maybe a little more access just don't. And so this is about asking the right questions and gaining knowledge. And and both of you have done a very good job of explaining what's going on. And here again, we're talking about Carlos Martinez. He can't just jump right in and start throwing. I mean, there is a a process there. How is he and how is Ryan Helsley coming along, just two in particular? I mean, both of these guys are are inching their way closer to to being some, some individuals that can help us. But again, both are are being viewed a little differently and we have to make a decision at some point on how we best want to use someone like Carlos, whether it's in the rotation or bullpen. Obviously if we go to the bullpen, his return to play is going to be a little quicker, but so those are just the things that we're we're sort of trying to work through. Um, You know, clearly when you see someone like KK go out and have the performance he did, it gives you some level of confidence that is repeatable and, and therefore not, putting really pressure on us to make a rotational change at this point. So 
it's just that balance of trying to determine when you think about your your active 28 how can we we maximize that success can we talk about kk for a moment wow last night that's a wow thing but really this whole transition for him has been very impressive and mike and i did talk about that a little bit but uh, kk the person what did you first can i rewind back to when you first laid eyes on kwan young kim and what attracted you to him coming into this organization why did you go after him well we had we had been told that that he was someone that could be very versatile for us in other words could start could possibly be someone that we use out of the bullpen but the fact that he was left-handed um, was something that was of interest. And, and, of course, what people were saying about him. So from a scouting standpoint, from an analytical standpoint, it made sense for us to try to get something done. I think you know, one of those, those surprises, if you will, or the things that, that got us very excited was just what type of guy he is and, and how he's fit in so well to our clubhouse. And you know, one of the things that you never know, especially with dealing with someone that you don't really have any history with or background, is, is what that's going to look like. And needless to say, I mean, here's a young man that, that could have stayed in, in Korea and played, and obviously they managed COVID better than maybe we did. And then ultimately um, um, he's been away from his family since you know late January, and he's still finding ways to, to smile, to be happy. And, you know, I think last night was just an example of someone that, that good things happen to good people, and that's what you saw. We did. Six innings for him. He gives up no runs on three hits, walks no one, and strikes out three. That slider is good. A lot of his pitches are good. He just confuses. And who knows, once people start getting a little bit of homework done, how that changes. But for right now, that is, it looks like somebody that's very hard to hit. He works fast. And Yadier Molina behind the plate. Uh, we've talked about him a million times, but... How nice to have number four in there. I'll tell you what, when he got that hit uh, the other day, when he came back in, that stadium would have been shaking. I mean, that's one of those moments that you do really miss the crowd. That would have been very special. Well, I think we all certainly miss the crowd. Um, you know, in, in normal times, you're right. It would have been a, an exciting moment. Um, but in normal times, you wouldn't be playing a 60-game season. In normal times, you would be uh, faced with sort of these uphill battles that, that we feel like we have to climb. But, you know, I think overall, just the the vibe of where this club is, is, you know, you think back to when we spoke last Sunday, we were just happy to be playing baseball and, and you know, sort of taking everything like hour by hour, day by day. Whereas getting a week of baseball under your belt, even with uh, three double headers, exhausting but I, I still feel like these guys feel like there's a little bounce in their step just because they're getting to do what they love to do and let's play the game that's for sure this schedule ahead now you have the Kansas City Royals coming in after today's game against the Reds and then you have a lot of games at home the doubleheader against the Pirates you have the Indians it's a lot but is there a difference being at home sleeping in your own bed still understanding that that you have to be able to follow protocol and Trust that everybody's doing the right thing, John. Well, I think our schedule's so demanding right now. There really isn't a whole lot of time to do anything but just think about work. So, you know, your point of is it nice to be home? I guess the answer is yes, but you're not really home. I mean, it's just you're you know, ballpark, home, ballpark. You know, it's sort of there's no off days, so it's it's sort of a unique grind, but. You know, overall, I think everybody is uh, just happy to be playing baseball again and uh, 
hopefully that can continue. You've played 16 games. You're 8-8. Eight and eight, You're three games out in the NL Central with a lot of baseball to go. The trade deadline is a week from tomorrow. I know when we last talked about this, it was very far from your mind because of all that was going on. We're a little over a week away. I don't know how it, it's just a different year overall in everything, but you only have so many games where you've been able to see what you have. So that does make it a little more complicated, doesn't it, leading into this day for everybody? Well, simply put, we, we had 10 players on the COVID IL. So yeah. you know, this week you're going to start to see those guys trickle back. But when someone says, well, what do you need or what should you go look for? It's a little hard to answer right now because we have yet to really see our club play together. Um, you know, Technically, we had a 30-man roster when we played those first five games. And it's really hard to make any decisions based solely on that. So, you know, I think the, the best trade we can make right now is get healthy. And uh, hopefully we are at, at full capacity by this time next week. And, uh, and we'll have a sense of really where we're going. All the best today against the Reds as you try to win that series. And then Mike Matheny and the Royals come into town. And we appreciate the time, as always, John Mosellock. All right. Well, thank you. Be well. Thank you. Cardinals president of baseball operations with us as always on sports on a Sunday morning. When we come back, Curtis Francois, he has a huge event next weekend, two of them and four races, two IndyCar races, four total, and even more than that. He'll explain all of it next. And the Indianapolis 500 gets going two hours from now. It's sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX, the owner and CEO of Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway next. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to the Lux Calore International Sports on a Sunday morning. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to KMOX. And joining us on the line is the owner and CEO of Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway, Curtis Francois. Big event coming up at the end of this month. Big event coming up this weekend. The Indianapolis 500 and then two IndyCar races in St. Louis next weekend. How are you, Curtis? Well, I'm doing just fine, Tom. Good to be with you. Always good to be with you. These are unprecedented times, and in the world of sports, we are literally, it feels like, day to day. I mean, I think uh, I've been asked in baseball, when do you think this season will continue to how long will it continue? And I always say, let's just get to tomorrow because, you know, so we, we learn more as the days go on, don't we? We absolutely do. And, you know, you just have to be ready to, to pivot where needed um, and continue uh, towards a goal. But uh, how we're getting there these days is completely different than how we would do it in a normal season. But uh, we're just happy to have the opportunity to bring some great racing to St. Louis, uh, create some memories, uh, get some folks out in some sunshine towards the end of the summer here, and uh, hopefully uh, have a great time with their families. It's the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 weekend with alterations to the IndyCar Series. You added a second race to the weekend. So the first race is Saturday, August 29th, and the second race is Sunday, August 30th. Curtis Francois, how did this come about? Well, there's been so many uh, schedule changes this year, and uh, we've just partnered with IndyCar wherever we can to help wherever we can, and had a good conversation with uh, Mark Miles uh, a little while back, and it just really made sense to, to open the facility for an additional day of racing. And the result is just a historic weekend of racing at, at 
Worldwide Technology Raceway. To have two IndyCar events is a dream, and uh, uh, just kind of came together, and we're uh, partnering that up with our uh, NASCAR Truck Race Series that we have every year, as well as ARCA. There's just going to be a great afternoon. Come out and listen. We can socially distance uh, like you wouldn't believe in a facility that the size of ours, and it's going to be a very unique opportunity to come out uh, and, and just enjoy a great, uh, great event, great racing, and a wonderful facility. I bet. And uh, getting together with uh, your fellow fans will be something you'll have to f- kind of follow along uh, guidelines and, and be very close to the website and other regulations that you're continuing to, you just want to make sure everybody's familiar with these times and what to do. Well, no doubt about it. You know, safety protocol is just paramount in racing to begin with. So we're used to dealing with that and it'll be no different on this race weekend. Um, we've spent the summer uh, developing protocols to make sure that we utilize this facility to its fullest extent. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, we could fit, let's say, 10, 15 typical athletic facility stadiums inside of our, our grandstands. It's huge. And so uh, although that is, uh, uh, that's, that's a, it's tough to deal with when you're doing the maintenance on it all, when we need a big facility, boy, do we have it. So we're going to be able to create uh, a way of seating and just interaction with the fans that uh, I think they'll all feel safe. Clearly, we're following all of the guidelines by, uh, you know, set by the state and, and the region. But uh, the main thing is for people to feel safe and comfortable and come out and just have a great day, enjoy some great racing. Yep, two days, Saturday and Sunday, August 29th and 30th, back-to-back IndyCar races. They will both be 200 laps, and then the qualifying will take place on Saturday. What they're going to do is the first two laps will qualify the car for the first race, the second lap qualifies the driver in the car for the second race. But that's not all. As you mentioned, the Arca Menard Series is going to follow the Saturday race. And on Sunday, that IndyCar race is preceded by the NASCAR Truck Series event. That's a lot of stuff going on in one weekend. That's pretty exciting. It definitely is. And for those that have not seen a uh, the NASCAR Trucks race at, uh, at Worldwide Technology Raceway, you're in for a treat because these are the guys that – uh, a couple years from now, we'll be making news, making headlines in the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, we've had several winners now. I think every one of our winners over the past uh, few years now is racing in Cup and, and uh, doing very well. So you're going to see guys that are they're letting it all hang out to win and, and to make a name for themselves. So that NASCAR truck race prior to the the IndyCar race is something you won't want to miss. The Indy 500 is before yours. They will not have fans at the Indianapolis 500 this year on August 23rd, but I know there's a lot of buzz in that community about what you've done with your track and your facility. It's still nice to be going right after the world's greatest spectacle in racing, isn't it? No doubt about it. I think there's going to be some synergies there, and unfortunately they're not able to host that with fans. Uh, so I think that fans from Indy uh, will probably be making the trip across at least some and, and just to see what we're doing. And that just gives us a great, incredible opportunity to showcase our region. Um, you know, it's, we're a very unique, uh, very unique overall a facility. We have so many different things that you can experience there, and we just want to show that off. We want the Indy 
fans to come across and uh, see what we're doing and uh, show them a little of, of the St. Louis hospitality. Yeah, one of the things that you hear a lot, drivers will say, this place is outstanding. The way that they treat you, the garages are great, the landscaping is great. Like every little detail you've poured into it, Curtis Francois, and he's the owner and CEO of Worldwide Technology Raceway Gateway, including the purchase of Gateway National nearby. What are your plans there? you got a big golf course to play with, too. Well, yes, uh, it's been fun, and it's been great to uh, to talk to uh, several of the Indy car drivers uh, over the last couple of weeks, and they're all calling not to talk to me, how, asking how I'm doing. They're calling to say, hey, can I get a tea time? <laughs> so I, I'm happy about that, and uh, it's just great. It's a, it's a wonderful facility over there. Uh, Walters Golf Management handles the management for us on that. And uh, it's just a tremendous course. If you haven't played that before, it's worth a trip across the river to do that. Uh, We're happy to bring it into part of our complex. Your complex just seems to have a bright future. It's almost as if you're just scratching the surface now and you've done so much already. But it seems like you have some big grand plans to be part of this St. Louis sports scene for a long, long time. Well, that's been really our goal um, since the beginning in, uh, in 2012 was to lay that firm foundation uh, so that uh, we fixed racing in St. Louis that long after I'm gone, uh, for generations to come, we've got a great facility to host racing and make memories. And, you know, it's really coming together, but it's been a process. And uh, as we have opportunities, we continue to build. And, by the way, we're not done yet. There's a lot more to come. Curtis, finally, what is – you want people to have a worry-free experience when they come over for the 29th and 30th to the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 weekend. So what would be the biggest difference – I guess, for people to understand as they make their way in to this great uh, event, two-day event, the last weekend in August? You know, we're just a very unique facility. Uh, You know, most won't realize that uh, we're the only facility in the two-state region really able to do something like this. We can social distance like no other and still host fans. So the the, the sheer size of, of our facility makes a big difference, and, and obviously we're going to leverage all of that. We have 28 pages of, of restrictions and rules and regulations that we're following that we worked on with the state to make sure that it's a, a safe and great experience for anyone that comes out. So I just would highly encourage those of you to, that want to come out that uh, don't have pre-existing conditions that uh, make you high risk, don't do that. We want, the, we want you to come out. Watch it on television if, you, if it doesn't make sense for you to come out. But for those that, that it's a good fit, please come out and enjoy it. Uh, I think you'll have a great experience and and feel good about the day. As you're watching the Indianapolis 500 this weekend, know that there are two IndyCar races in St. Louis the following weekend, August 29th and 30th, at Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. It's the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 weekend, and the owner and CEO of Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway is Curtis Francois. Always great to chat with you. Best of luck at the end of August, and we look forward to some racing. Great to be with you, Tom, and we'll see you at the races. Curtis Francois, great to be along with him. Thanks to producer James O'Sullivan. Cardinal baseball is right around the corner. Joe Pott has the pregame at 12.20. It's a 1.15 first pitch for Daniel Ponsilione against the Cincinnati Reds. Thanks to John Moselock, Travis Ford, Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. I'm Tom Ackerman. Sports on a Sunday morning. We'll catch you anytime on KMOX.com on our Sports on a Sunday morning podcast page. (sighs) 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.